and I see a lot of leaders quite reluctant to delegate because they are fundamentally fearful of mistakes and failure. Hi, my name is Zoe. If you're new to the channel, welcome. And in this channel, I speak with guests and we share perspectives and our insight into things that really matter. If this is what you're looking for, do consider subscribing. And in today's episode, we have Olivia Carter, a leadership coach and mentor, to share with us practical tips to elevate your leadership skills. Coming up next. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much for being on the show. I think it's really a privilege to be able to speak with you and to learn from you. So today, I think uh, you're very generous to bring along the tools to help leaders uh, in their leadership journey. Just to give the audience some background, Olivia works with leaders, especially female leaders, to empower them to confidently elevate their leadership skills. Uh, before we jump into practical tools, maybe uh, Olivia, you would like to say hi to the audience and how you come about or come into the coaching and mentoring industry. It'd be an absolute pleasure and thank you so much as well Zoe um, and yeah. it's always a privilege to to share with others and thank you very much for inviting me I'm really looking forward to our conversation so um yeah so my name's Olivia um I um came into coaching because I started my career off in the corporate world and um, working for big global brands um and I was um a senior national account manager leading teams and Predominantly in my corporate career, I had imposter syndrome, um, but I didn't realise it at the time until I moved into the coaching world. Um, so that was um, constant self-doubt, um, lack of self-belief, um, questioning the judgment of others, um, perfectionism, um, feeling like I was going to constantly get found out, although I was extremely successful on the outside. Um, and, and as a result of that, it created burnout and, and a lack of fulfillment, really, in my role. But also, when I was in the corporate environment, I used to get very, very um, frustrated, really, by the management versus leadership culture and um, how a lot of the culture was very much management-led. And so I decided to leave my corporate career and really knew that I wanted to go out and create impact in the world. So I transitioned into counselling realised that wasn't the right space for me with the, with the energy um, and so moved then into coaching. Right. Um, and then really with my coaching journey, I've done a lot of work um, around mindset and worked with some fabulous coaches personally, um, helping me with imposter syndrome um, and, and then really moved into this journey of um, leadership and really getting a grasp and understanding of what true leadership really is. Um, versus that management style culture. Um, so I've had an absolute privilege of working with Simon Sinek um, in America wow. and a lot of his team. Um, and also I'm currently working with the giant worldwide leadership um, consultancy program as well, um, who are just a fabulous organisation and work with the likes of Google and Pfizer. Um, so really enabling and bringing those really powerful leadership um, tools to enable leaders to really elevate and bring real impact and influence to their leadership. Wow, okay. I am I'm more nervous now. Now that you have shared all your accolades and working with Simon Sinek and wow, you must have uh, had a, a... How many years have you been in this uh, coaching uh, and helping others? In coaching, I've been in coaching five years now. Um, okay. And it's been an absolute privilege to work with different types of female leaders. So working with sort of CEOs of companies, and it's incredible how many um, how many 
really, really successful people do have imposter syndrome. Um, yes. We just don't realise it. Um, but then to really enable them and give them those tools to really then step into that leadership and, and the, the impact is just incredible. And it's not by doing anything really radical. I'm um, a real believer in simplicity um, as we'll move on to talk about in the tools. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think you really uh, spoke, a, hit the nail on the head when you say that uh, I, leadership is actually not management, but most of the time we are so involved in management, we don't even have the time and the space to lead. And uh, and I, I think, uh, like you said, we need simple tools to really just uh, get started, to know exactly how to lead and not just to manage. Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe just to jump off into the first question, uh, I think a very common question that people have, what's the difference between coaching and mentoring? Yeah. It's a fabulous question. And um, basically the difference between coaching and mentoring is a coach is there to really um, hold space. Sorry. It's okay, it's okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Usually the rec the actual recording will be better because it's uh, locally recorded into my computer and your computer. It's just that right now what we see seems a little bit slow, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so the difference between coaching and mentoring. Um, I'm going to talk about mentoring first. So a mentor is very much um, somebody who has been there before, and they're there to really tell people based on their experience what they believe that client or that individual should do. So a mentor is very much um, in a telling position and, and very much right. saying, because I did X, Y, and Z and it worked successfully, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, whereas coaching is much more about very, very powerful questions and listening Coaching is about going on a journey from where the client or individual is now at point A to point B. And the coach is there to support, to challenge, um, to motivate and inspire to get that individual or that person there quicker than they would do on their own. So mm. it's using a lot of powerful questions. And the reason why coaching is so phenomenal, because basically... Um, you are empowering the individual to find their own solutions to the problems. And by doing that, you are giving them the tools then to continue that growth, even when you're not working right. with the coach. So by empowering them to find out the solutions and work out what's going well, what's not going well, different, looking at different options, looking outside the box, and looking at different ways they can move forward differently, then that really enables them to have that empowerment and that confidence moving forward, even post the coaching, because they're really developing their own confidence. Um, so that's the key difference between coaching and mentoring. Mm. Coaching is also a lot about accountability and taking those actions forward, because as we, as we can't, you know, if we don't take the actions forward, we don't move forward. And it doesn't matter if those right. actions aren't always right or, you know, we make mistakes along the way. That's absolutely fine. But it's about taking those actions forward. So essentially, coaching is about setting goals, understanding the reality of where you actually are. What are the challenges? What's getting in the way? 
looking at lots of different options that you can use to move forward in a different way. It's all about change and then, then being accountable and taking those actions forward. Right, right. So, like you have mentioned, I think for mentoring and coaching, they're both different tools. So when would you say a person needs a mentor or when would you say that a person needs a coach? Quite often, and as I do now, I will, we will blend it a little bit. So you will get some purist coaches who will purely mm-hmm. coach and then you will get some that will coach and mentor a little bit. Um, so I would say I do 80% coaching or 70% coaching and 30% mentoring. Because there are situations where we can really guide individuals based on our experience and say, you know, I think it would be helpful to do X, Y and Z. So when should an individual use each? Um, it's a tricky question, really, and, and it's up to that individual and what their main challenges are. Um, but I absolutely believe and know that coaching gives those skills and those tools and that growth mindset to enable that yeah. individual to continue growing even post-working. You see, if we're working very much with a mentor, um, it's almost like a parent telling a child what to do. So do X, Y, and Z. We're not giving them the tools to, to work out how to do it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it is all depends on the task at hand because some task requires a direct instruction, but yes. some requires um, a, a more like a reflective kind of journey, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, um, mm. yeah. So, and, I, and, and certainly on the mindset things and, you know, the imposter syndrome, coaching is a much more powerful inter- intervention because that is very specific to the individual about their challenges and things. Right, right. So, is there a when you start a coaching journey with a with a with with a with a client, for example, do you tell them that, hey, this there will be an end to this journey. There will be a time where I have to say bye to you. Uh, is that is that um, is that something that's very needful as well to tell them at the very beginning there is an end to this coaching relationship. It very much depends on the individual and what their key challenges and pain points are that they present with and where they are now and where they want to get to. So with my clients, I tend to work with them quite intensely for, say, three months or six months. And then then the sessions will be maybe once a month or once every two months. Um, So it, it, it depends really on what the challenge is for that individual and where they want to go, what that journey is. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I particularly like what you say about uh, putting the person at the centre. It's really about the person's needs and not so much of crafting a programme so and, and then to fit the person in, but rather it is to see the person's needs first. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the key thing as well with coaching is it's very, very non-judgmental. So it's right. very much about really stepping into and understanding that client and, and understanding their needs and their challenges, but always coming from a place of, you know, knowing that they've, they've got that capability within them to achieve what they want to achieve. So it's very, mm. very non-judgmental about um, sort of believing that that client can't achieve it. We absolutely know that that client can achieve what they want to achieve. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think that it's also quite timely for us to look into some of the practical tips because I think things that there needs to be a foundation like building trust in order for the, in order for your client to know that, um, to be able to share his or her, uh, her struggles, etc. So, and I believe, I think the, the, the eight to nine practical tools that you are going to, that you're sharing with us, it, it is meant to also help to build that relationship. Am I right to say that? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, and I think that uh, maybe we can uh, talk about the first tool that you uh, recommend and you recommend leaders to use the feedback model. So maybe you can share with us how does this first tool actually yeah, help to elevate leadership skills? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my favourite sayings is that feedback is the breakfast of champions. Yeah. So I'll say it again. Yeah. That's right. Breakfast of champions. So, and feedback can be seen in two ways. It can be constructive feedback, as in, um, you know, constructive feedback. So, talking about how we would like somebody to do something differently. But it's also about complementary feedback. Right. So, giving that positive praise as well. It works both ways. And it's very important yes. for us to give both those elements of feedback. Now, the feedback model is really, really simple. As I said before, I like simplicity. And so it basically works on three key points. It first of all works on giving, talking about feelings, mm. evidence, and then the impact. So I call it the FEI model. Feelings, okay. evidence, impact. I'll give you an example of how this can work, and we can use this in so many ways in our verbal feedback, in feedback on emails, um, and feedback in so, so many different ways. Mm. I'm going to give a story, because I think storytelling is really, really powerful. So yes, imagine yes. you were in a car driving home with your partner or your husband from work, and you started telling your your husband or your partner about your day at work and you know telling them what went well and what what were the challenges imagine your partner turning up the radio and, and turning the radio up really loudly as you were starting to talk about um your day yeah so rather than going with the you've done xyz and why aren't you listening and being critical of that person if we use the feedback model, so it would be, I feel um, like you are not listening to me. Uh -huh. So we're talking about feelings there. The yeah, feelings. Yeah, yeah. When you turn the radio up, as I am talking about my day, so that's the evidence, the impact and the impact of that is I am no longer going to feel comfortable sharing and talking to you about my day. So the reason why that model is really powerful because we're bringing it into how I feel as an individual mm. rather than sending it to a more critical place of criticising the other person. Right, right, right. Ah, right. So it's a, a letting people know your own how their actions has impacted you in that sense. Yes. yes. Ah, yes. right. So another great example of let's say um, 
you've got a member of your team who is constantly late for a meeting um, yeah. with a client <laughs> or something. So you could feedback and say, I feel um, concerned that when you are consistently late for meetings, the right. impact of that, we are not going to be able to deliver those results to the client on time. Right, so right, can right. Can you see how simple? Yes. But what we're doing is really raising that person's awareness by sharing our feelings with the facts and the evidence. You see, so often yeah, the yeah. feedback we don't give those facts and the evidence. And when people also recognise the impact, then it really helps people to think, you know, what am I going to do differently about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th I, I think the framework is very helpful because uh, uh, having been a leader for a couple of years, I think uh, not knowing how to give feedback is one of the areas that we are struggling with. We always end up with um, either feelings and then we don't continue with evidence or we don't even talk about the impact. Uh, we are often very reactive. You know, if, if something goes wrong, we'll be like, oh, why, why, why do you do such a thing, you know? And then there isn't like a... a this makes it very, uh, in a way, objective. Yeah, yes, because you're absolutely. bringing in the impact. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow, it's a, it's a yes. very easy to use feedback model. It's very, very easy to use. And, and it's brilliant that you touched upon that because giving feedback is um, it's a skill and it's a development. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're, we're, as, as adults, we're not... We're not um, usually given that tool how do we give effective feedback and um, yeah. and it's about raising our awareness as, as well into how that feedback was received and learning and constantly adjusting so we may need to give feedback slightly differently to different people i think the mm. key thing with feedback as well is the timing of feedback right right so, so often when i was in the corporate world you know, you'd wait for your six monthly review and then they'd give all this feedback. Well, a review shouldn't be about feedback. A review should be about celebrating and moving forward. And so I think mm. it's about giving lots of lots of feedback on um, maybe daily is too, too much, but, you know, giving that consistent feedback. Because if somebody had done something four months ago and you bring it up in a six monthly review, then that's going to yeah. really lose trust, isn't it? Because they're going to be thinking, well, for four months, you've been thinking X, Y, and Z. So it's right, about right. really having that confidence and that courage to give that consistent feedback. Right, right, right. Uh, wow, and I think you're so... You, you, you again hit the nail on the head when you say that review should be celebrating a person's... Uh, what they've done. Because our review so far is about what have you done plus area for growth. You know, and then, like you said, yes. we usually don't carve out time to meet with people or meet with your team to talk about feedback. So, because we always talk about we don't have enough time, etc. So, how how do you how do how would you overcome this time issue that you know so that it's not an excuse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many simple ways that we can give feedback, um, and I just want to touch upon as well, because I've, I've mentioned feedback in really more of the constructive element of feedback. as in, But we also really need to remember that complementary feedback as well, as in the yes. positive praise feedback. 
which can use exactly the same model. Because if we give too much constructive feedback all the time, if you're on the receiving end of it, you're just going to think, well, all they're doing is telling me how to improve and grow. It's a real balance act. I like to think of it as the, um, think of a bank, as in your monetary yeah. bank. We put deposits in and we take deposits out. So we need right. to put in plenty of positive feedback to develop that trust and to, so that person is, is feeling empowered so that when we need to give the constructive feedback that they have got that trust there to almost take it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I totally, in, in fact, yeah. I, I first-hand experience uh, only constructive feedback and it can be quite discouraging because you will feel like yes. you are not up to standard and, uh, and so I, I think it's so good that you brought in the uh, complimentary feedback as well. We really need both because even, I think as leaders, leaders hold themselves to very high standards. They are already pushing themselves very hard to, to always give constructive feedback. You know, it's really going to dampen spirits and yeah, and it's going to be discouraging. Oh, but thank you so much for this. Uh, yeah, it's very easy to use. And very strict. I, I think yeah. something that the listeners can really take away with it and use it, like, you know, the next day. Wow, that's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just back to your question about how to give quick quick feedback, because like you say, time is, a, is reality. Yeah, yeah. Right. I absolutely love voice notes. Um, oh, voice, um, right. So we can give them on... Um, I use it on WhatsApp voice notes, but there's so many different technical ways to do it. You could send yes. it to Loom video. So I like using Loom. Um, there's so many quick ways. I mean, what we also forget is the phone. We yeah. sit behind the email often and we think we've got to call these formal meetings. But just picking up the phone for a quick three-minute conversation and just saying, look, I just want to tell you how brilliantly you did. With um, I was so proud of you in that meeting because you right, right. Um, really stood up and voiced your opinion and the impact was amazing um, yes. and it really created constructive growth for the meeting. So we can do it, if we make feedback in our head to be this big thing, it will be, yeah. but we can just drop in feedback all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I love it. And uh, and I think the use of voice note is such an innovative idea. Yeah. yeah, I think we are so used to just email and then uh, making it every making it so formal that it's it's, it's it, it just makes everyone very tense. Uh, so, but I, I wow, well, I, I would really love to hear your other tools. Maybe we will just jump into the next tool. The next tool that you also recommend for leaders to 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 use would be to listen. Maybe you want to share more about this second tool. Yeah, listening. <laughs> yeah, and this really blends into you know I I. Well, I don't believe, I know that coaching is a key skill that all leaders should be able to bring to the table. And one mm. of the absolute core skills as a coach is listening, really powerful listening. I'm going to share another quote, which is about seek first to understand and then be understood. Mm. It's yeah, one Stephen Covey. So often as leaders, um, we believe, like you said, they have all the answers. Well, that's management. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. And when we 
actively listen to others. And I'm not talking about asking a question and daydreaming off, but really, really pure, true, true listening to others. It is so, so powerful. You know, um, and then when you are listening to a, to a person or an individual, it's asking those really powerful questions, which is another tool I'll talk about. So if somebody's talking about any particular challenges that they're experiencing or, um, or you know, they're struggling with something, you know, asking those really curious questions. Because when you start questioning based upon what somebody has said, it yeah. develops this beautiful word called trust. Because mm. they know that you've listened to them. Right, right. How often have you had a conversation with somebody when you said something and then they go off on their own agenda? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Far too often, especially in management. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so you, you, you get that disconnection there and you don't feel like you're trusted. You can't trust them because you think, well, what's the point in in talking next time and raising my thoughts and opinions because they didn't listen last time. Listening right. is beautiful for connection, trust, um, and and we can learn so much from others by listening. Well, I agree. I agree totally. I think the listening helps you to uh, shape the coaching experience for the person. Absolutely. And, you know, usually we come in with certain assumptions but when it is true listening that you realize that um usually what we assume is wrong you know and you start to but i, I think like like you said mentioned i think trust is such an important um foundation in order for all these tools to work and um and to actually build trust is really to listen yeah absolutely and i think you know the feedback builds trust as well when it's done correctly um, right, right. And, and also recognizing that trust takes time you know some mm. i know particularly new leaders that come into a position they might say they might dive in there and think oh i'm going to create all these amazing connections and relationships with my team etc but it doesn't trust yeah. takes time and it's not about doing one big thing for trust Remember the deposits Agreed. in the bank? It's about putting those little deposits in all the time to develop trust. Mm. I think a really powerful question that some of your listeners could um, go away and ask themselves is, think about one person that you totally trust, whether mm. that's a friend or whether that's a leader or a manager that you, or somebody you've worked for. One person you absolutely trust and what was it about that relationship that created trust and then think about another person who you don't trust mm. what happened in that relationship right right because when we raise our awareness to how we have experienced trust we can yep. do less of what happened when we didn't trust that person and more of what that other person did to create that trust yes 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 uh like taking time to really reflect i think is a very important part of our leadership journey i think 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think so often, a lot, particularly a lot of my clients um, and, and people, they're still doing their job as well. So take an accountant or a lawyer. So they're still doing their day-to-day job. And then yeah. they're trying to lead a team of, say, 20 as well. And actually, yeah. leadership, it, it, it takes that time to reflect and that space and, and that energy to really think about how am I going to support my team moving forward. So, like, absolutely, it's about reflecting and giving yourself time as a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's some it's a time that you cannot stinge on. You must really prioritize. I think as a leader, you you have to. I I don't think it's an option for you to not do that. I think as a leader, you are in that role. You should carve out time to think through. Right? Yeah. So okay. Well, very excited about your next few keys. But uh, let's let's move on to the next one. Otherwise, we will be here until uh end of <laughs> at night. <laughs> Okay, so you think the third practical tool that you will recommend leaders to use would be to empower and to develop others. Maybe you want to, yeah, let's jump into that. Yeah, absolutely. So remember when I talked about the coaching and the mentoring? Um, so empowering others. So leadership is, is absolutely about um, empowering the growth and creating the future leaders. Right, so, right. Um, it's all about enabling them to find the tools and their way forward. So often, as leaders, we want to rescue and dive in and, and <laughs> yes. support and fix. Yeah, yes, fix. wow. Particularly for women, it, we want to fix and, and, um, and sort everything out and do everything for everybody. Yeah. When we're in that rescuer mo- mode, we are actually disempowering other people. And also, mm. we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves as well. Because yeah. then we get yes. burdened with X, Y, and Z. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and so the coaching um, and, and empowering people is to really sit tight sometimes and sit on your hands a little bit and then... Um, and really ask those, you know, what could you do differently? What mm. would others do? What would you say to a friend? What would a friend say to you? So that they are creating their solutions. Mm. That's right, that's right. Because when they create their solutions in the way forward, a beautiful thing happens that they take that action because you've empowered them to work out the solution um, right right so that's that's an absolute um key thing about empowering others the other thing about um and i see a lot of leaders quite reluctant to delegate yes um, yes and <laughs> <laughs> um, because they are fundamentally fearful of mistakes and failure so they're yeah, totally being, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so so therefore they end up doing all this rescuing and doing everything, and they wonder why they're burnt out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we've got to remember that sometimes to empower others, we've got to give them those opportunities. We've got we've got to give them those challenges and that opportunity and that chance to do something out of their comfort zone. 
Mm. And actually recognise that if it's not perfect, and if it's made, if they've made a mistake, that's okay as well. My yeah. other great saying, my other favourite saying is, there is no such thing as failure, there is only yeah. learning and growth. Yes, so yes, to, to empower other people, we've got to give them the opportunities, and that requires delegating and giving them the chance. As a leader, you will always have boundaries around that, so you would always be giving them the support around that, so that you mm. know, at the end of the day, they're not going to crash a company by you asking them yeah, to do yeah. the task. But if <laughs> you don't give people the opportunities to empower themselves, then they're just only ever going to stay at that same plateau. Yeah, and I think you have really uh, spoke out our pain points. I think this is exactly what we're feeling. We don't know how to delegate. We yeah. take everything upon ourselves because we feel uh, we didn't want to trouble someone else, not knowing that we're actually robbing them of the opportunity to learn. And I think you also mentioned, I think which is also very right, it is okay to make mistakes. I think... I think that is something we need to come to terms with uh, and to allow our team members to be assured that no matter what, they are supported. And I, and I like, like what you mentioned, I think the support is very important. It's not about delegating only, but it's delegating with constant support, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So what, one matrix which I absolutely love is, and this is another tool, it's called okay. the Challenge Port Matrix. Okay. Um, you can look at it on YouTube or on, you know, Google, but it's called the Challenge Support Matrix. Okay. So when people are in high support and high challenge, right. that is when we're going to get the most growth and development out of, of individuals. When people are in low support, and high challenge, that's going to create stress, burnout, frustration. Mm. When people are in low challenge and low support, that's going to create um, apathy, um, you know, low growth, just quite stagnant. Mm. So the key golden area is high challenge with high support. Right, right, right. Wow, that is uh, and and it's true that we should not we should be very mindful about the support that our team members need, and it goes back to listening, it goes back to the feedback, and I think it all ties in together as a bundle of tools, you know. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you think about even that word called trust, if you if you gave a member of your team the opportunity to do something that you know, and um, you gave them that support and, and they they achieved that. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but they achieved something through it. Think of that trust and growth that in, individual yes. is going to have. It is yeah, so it's powerful. powerful. Really powerful. That's right, that's right. In fact, uh, uh, we struggle with building trust and I think this could be one of the reasons. You know, uh, year on year we do have surveys and uh, team members will say, oh, you know, um, uh, you know, there is a low sense of pride. Um, uh, my my leaders don't seem to trust me. And I think it's all tied in with the lack of uh, delegation, uh, lack of support. Like you said, low challenge, low support. So I think that's really something that uh, I think 
leaders really need to look into is um, these are fundamentals to the growth of the company as well or any organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, and I think what builds on that is this wonderful thing called self-awareness because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think when people are reluctant to de- delegate or people need to sort of just stop and pause and go, well, what's going on for me? Why am I reluctant to delegate? What is is it because if something doesn't go perfectly well, it's going to be a reflection on on me or a judgment on me? And my is it about your own sense of fear of failure or fear of success? Is it about mm-hmm. if that person does really well, they might be more successful than me? So this beautiful word called self awareness and just leaders really waking up to what's really consciously going on for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. I I think it's the it's the why are you feeling this way? I think that yes. is something you got to ask yourself because it's it is it is not healthy. It, it, you, we are all going to burn out. We all need one another. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So maybe that will bring us also to the one of the part one part of communication is also about asking powerful questions. I think that is also one area that uh, I, I myself I, I struggle with. I don't know what questions to ask, so maybe you can share with us. How do we ask the right question at the right time? Yes, good question. Um, I can you hear me pausing. I'm gonna. I'm doing it for a reason. It's using this wonderful thing called silence. Right. <laughs> silence takes confidence and courage, and and and. To just pause and think, well, I know I've got a question, but, it, you know, and saying to somebody, I'm just having a little thing, and then asking that powerful question. You you have definitely got those capabilities. Everybody does to ask those powerful questions. And and feeling comfortable with silence mm. is a beautiful gift. But so often we're in this busy world, we're like, oh, we've got to get, we've got to yeah. get everything from him. Um, and actually... You know, even building on silence, you can, it's okay to ask those questions after, say, a meeting or or that communication with somebody. So having that confidence to go, you know, sometimes you might be making tea or you've walked home from work and that question comes to you. Well, go back and ask that, you know. So that's the key thing. I think the key thing with questions is that they are, um, I use, well, in coaching, we use make sure that they are open-ended questions. Right, right. Okay. So I use the five W's. So the what, the where, the when, who. What's number five? Oh, number five is how. Okay. If you use those five words, you'll find the answer that you'll find the other half of that powerful question mm, yes. right what when where who and how mm, right, i right, used right. to have them on the post-it note at my computer so that will sort of help you to uh think through what is it that you want to ask in those five manners are you going to ask about the intention are you going to ask the person about what they are going to plan what are they planning to do yeah, so yeah, you're right. I think the five five W, four W's and one H, is it why, what, 
Oh, right. Where? The when is the other one. So, why? Why? When? When? Okay. So, why, what, when, where, where, where who, ah, who, right. Ah, right, okay. So, it's a 5W and a 1H, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. right. And I think yeah. you're uh, you're right to say that actually we must be comfortable with silence because sometimes we need that person to tell us. Most of the time we want to jump in to complete the sentence, which ties back to not listening, <laughs> right? <laughs> and not delegating. Exactly. I'm yeah. rescuing, thinking that we've got to fix everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we, actually, the, and this brings us to also the next practical tool that is actually very, um, very uh, interesting. It's about walking the walk with uh, openness and vulnerability. I think uh, Brene Brown says this very, uh, very, um, in a very position it's so well to say that actually uh, courage is also about showing vulner vulnerability. So how do you encourage or how do you uh what are the practical things that leaders can do to show show for them especially if they are not open themselves oh ready brown <laughs> yes. yeah yeah <laughs> and, and absolutely it takes courage um the practical tools i think the first practical tool is it's about really being honest with yourself right um so when we spoke about um, before about, you know, if people aren't delegating, why aren't they delegating? What's really going on for themselves? So to be vulnerable with others, we've first of all got to be vulnerable with ourselves mm. and be open and honest and wake up to what's really, really, truly going on. Yeah, yeah. Vulnerability we can show in a couple of ways of, of asking for help. Yep. Wow. Asking for support and being open and honest with others about really what's going on in our challenges. So often, mm -hmm. as leaders, we believe that we've got to know all the answers. Yeah. We don't. But that's not what leaders yeah, do. It's furthest from the truth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A leader is there to inspire, to motivate create the vision to guide the team the team are the experts yeah, yeah. And know and be open and vulnerable that we don't know all the answers is a really good and way. we rightfully shouldn't actually exactly. we shouldn't because yeah yeah if you knew all the answers your brain would explode yeah. and you're <laughs> yeah. not the expert in everything and whenever we believe we're the expert in everything then um we should just go home basically because we are not the expert that's just our ego getting into play yeah so exactly when how we can be show vulnerability is i think it's about just taking the small steps um yeah and knowing the power of vulnerability yeah 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 and talking about vulnerability in an open and honest way. Um, so I don't think it's about going into a meeting or into your team and going, here, I'm going to be vulnerable today and just dumping the whole... <laughs> it's just, just slowly taking 
so that you're comfortable with vulnerability as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and I think that's very practical because uh, I think it's largely very dependent on personality. Some are very um, open to share what's in going on in their hearts, but some could be due to uh, uh, various uh, experiences and trauma that they tend to close up. And so uh, if they really want to be vulnerable, vulnerable, and I think like you said, I think first they must ask themselves what is going on in their own lives first. And I, I think so in the, in the list of tools that we've mentioned, perhaps uh, this could be something that they cannot immediately use that tool, but it's something definitely worth working on in a sense. Absolutely. I will share two powerful examples because I believe stories are absolutely golden. And these, yes, please. <laughs> I, I was working with one particular client. She's the operations director for a big medical pharmaceutical company. She has a team of 250 people. She presented with imposter syndrome. Um, you know, so that's why she came to me as a client. And she actually had done a series of videos with her team and, okay. and done some amazing communications with her team and really, really embraced vulnerability. The impact that she has had in such a short period of time has been phenomenal. Okay. Because what it does is it brings in the trust. Mm. It brings in the the listening, you know, it brings in that self-awareness. And what it brings in is this beautiful um, opportunity by walking the walk for others to be vulnerable. So a leader yeah, yeah. needs to have that courage to show vulnerability, to then show others that it's okay to be vulnerable as well. Wow, powerful. Actually, that is very powerful because I think um, uh, if I can see that my leader is open, it is uh, who, if, if I can uh, learn from my leader that he or she is humble enough to share that he or she is not there, you know, I will be very inspired because I'll be like, you know, I will do all I can to support you, to do my best. I think you're right. I think that that, that is very powerful. Wow. So, so powerful. And I... And, and, uh, and, I, and I'm a big believer that um, leadership is not about being on a pedestal, you know, so yeah. often it's perceived as the leader's there and the team's there. Vulnerability brings us all, we're all human at the end of the day. We've all got yes, things, yes. we've all got things. So vulnerability brings that connection and the human side to leadership. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that courage, but, it, but I think it's just about taking those small steps. Yes, yes. And in fact, if I were to recall some of the leaders who have inspired me the most, they are the ones who are the most open, most honest about their struggles. They will tell you that they cannot do it. Can someone help them? And you will see people coming to their help and rescue. And I, I think you also mentioned, I think leaders, we are not meant to know everything, but rather we are, we are just, uh, just bring people or bring different experts together to solve a problem together. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I and I think coming to the last tool, you have actually just uh, actually you have demonstrated the tool storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> I think yes, communication via storytelling is so powerful. I think, uh, but how do you hone that skill? I think as a leader, 
how do you become a better storyteller? Great question. Um, and I think I love the fact that you said it was a skill because I think whenever we use the word skill, we recognise it's, it's developing all the time. I don't think you yeah. you don't go on a course or something and go, oh, I'm a great storyteller. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's about one way to do it is just to have um, some examples in your, I call it in your back pocket, that you can blend and bring into lots and lots of different things. Mm. And again, it's about having a structure to that story. So bringing stories that are actually relevant um, to the context of the conversation um, and having a beginning, middle and an end to the story. You know, you think every story you read as a child, it's got a beginning, a middle and an end and it's got a message. And so it's about bringing that in a, in a, a concise way to the conversation storytelling is so so powerful and and leaders should embrace that um because how often do leaders talk about a theory or a concept or i would like you to do x y and z and it sort of goes over but if we bring a story yes yes yeah yeah i think people are very hooked to very real life stories and i think it's important uh, like you mentioned to keep a Start collecting stories. I think we got to be. I think we need to be very intentional to also recall what the stories that we have and sort of record it somewhere. You know, it's got to be intentional. Yeah, and practice them. You know, practice them on your own. You know, if 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 if, if it's something that feels a bit uncomfortable or you don't have the confidence, then you can just jump on a Zoom recording on your on your own. You know, just record it to yourself and get comfortable telling stories or. I use Otter AI, which is a voice note recording. Um, And sometimes just talking to the app on my phone and just getting comfortable telling stories because I know four years ago I wasn't comfortable telling stories because I thought nobody would be interested. Why does somebody want to know that? Um, (laughs) We need to just get on. And the more we do it, the more we come on board with the power of storytelling. Wow, thank you for, for suggesting the voice notes again, the A, the automated. Wow, that is really powerful because I, I, I find myself typing away and I realize it's so tedious. <laughs> so it's easier yeah, just to record it. Wow. Exactly. So, and and yeah. when we type, we start to look at the words and we start to go, is it like yeah. that? Is it like that? Exactly. And, actually, and then the emails are misinterpreted and... and <laughs> you receive a voice note from somebody it creates connection you can get the meaning across with the right with the yes 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 well, yeah. voice notes are wonderful right right so as we as we uh come to the end of the podcast i just want to just check in with you so in order for all the tools to be effective what is the main thing that leaders should should do i think uh so that these tools will become more effective more more like an extension of themselves because i think tools are just tools until the leaders are able to you know is there something that the leaders must do first before they start to you know just to pick the tools and things like that i think it it's um being self-aware is the first tool. Mm. i believe that leaders can't grow and develop others until they grow and develop themselves I'm a big fan of journaling. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, 
when we talk about why are we not delegating or what are the challenges or why is that conflict happening with that certain individual i think first of all it's about stopping and pausing and becoming very self-aware is the first main thing as a leader mm. and then recognizing as well that leadership is a journey it's not a destination so mm. you don't sort of in in three months time wave a flag and go i'm an amazing leader it doesn't happen yeah. like parenting that's um, right because we are evolving as leaders, individuals in your team are evolving and your business and your organization are evolving. So I think it's being consciously aware to take a tool like active listening, like developing mm. trust, like constructive or complimentary feedback yeah. and consciously working on that Mm. for maybe two or three weeks so it creates a habit right 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 consistent. so i don't think it's about going oh i'm going to grab everything and i'm going to do it because it's not going to happen <laughs> yeah so mm. it's thinking what are the main challenges at the moment okay i'm going to grab this tool right and i'm going to really embed that into my leadership and then i'm going to grab this tool and i'm going to embed it because remember the leaders for the people for our team if we start yes. shifting changing too much too quickly they'll be like who's that crazy leader <laughs> she's gone change. Yeah. <laughs> it's about just taking those steps but choosing the one step that's going to have the biggest impact first depending upon the challenges mm, right 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 wow so i i think it's you really um I, I think like you mentioned we need to know our own strengths and weaknesses and Weaknesses will take time to develop. So most most of the time, I think uh, people would advise us to focus on strengths first. Would that, would that also be your take? I think it's always about develop, you know, empowering our key strengths. But I yeah. think true growth happens when we are vulnerable and open with ourselves and with others. And, and that's where we develop our... Um, our weaknesses or our growth areas so yeah 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 it's about both that's true that's true and you also rightfully mentioned that leadership is a journey because a lot of leaders are burned out i think they want to achieve something very quickly you know uh, <laughs> and they cut short their leadership journey in that sense because uh yeah could be could be various i think one of the greatest reason could be just um delegate not delegating for example you know, all this comes, it comes back again to what are you struggling as a leader, being aware of it. I think that is first step, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, okay. so if, uh, where can audience uh, find you if should they wish to uh, get coaching advice from you? Um, and do you also coach clients from overseas? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do coach clients from overseas. Um, so I have sort of three models to my business. Um, I have the coaching, which I do on a one-to-one, -one, or I do have a group program starting on the 22nd of September, which okay. is very much around the imposter to impact. So really, it's very much around mindset, and I will be sharing some amazing tools to really, I call it like wake up. And yeah really connect with our mindset and really 
go from that self-doubt to self-belief and have that confidence to take um, those courageous actions. Um, right. And then I do the training, which is where I do go into a lot more depth about the feedback and the trust and the listening. Mm. And then I've got the consultancy side of things as well, where I literally work with one particular leader and one particular team and share a lot, right. lot more tools and models. So the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Um, right, right. Olivia Carter Coaching on LinkedIn. But I also have a fabulous community on Facebook called the Female Lead Club. Um, ah, right. I can send you that link, Zoe. Um, I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah. I um, will link it in the description box. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, that's a wonderful community of female leaders where I share lots of um, tools, lots of added value if people have got questions. And it's where people can share and be open and honest with leaders. And, and as I say, I, I do frequent videos in there as well. So anybody who wants to join Female Lead Club, um, it would be amazing to welcome you. Wow, thank you so much, Olivia. And I think uh, it will really be um, a, a privilege to be in the, the club, uh, in the Facebook group, as well as the uh, coaching sessions, etc. I mean, in this short one hour, you have given us so much nuggets of wisdom. Uh, it, really, it really says a lot about you having the heart of a coach. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure sharing and it's just been um, just wonderful to 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 do the interview with you, Zoe, as well. It's just been thank you. Yeah. So looking forward to more interviews. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>